0: Welcome to this is life. Hello everybody. I hope you've had an incredible week. It is good to be back with all of you. Happy 2021. I pray and believe and hope that thus far it has been a blessing for you. Even if it's been tough, uh, just know that God's still on your side. You got people who love you. I love you. Even though we may not know each other, I love you. I promise. And uh, guys, we're going to make this year better, definitely better than last year and hopefully better than any other year before- we've had before, guys. Let's just you know that's one thing about the, the, the you know the difference between a windshield and a rearview mirror is that the windshield you can see where you're going and the rear, the rearview mirror is a lot smaller it can only tell you where you've been it's important to stay focused on what is in front of you uh, so we can all just really make you know the, the 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 best decisions for ourselves and our families to have the best life and have the blessings of God be recognized, and then appreciated. And that really is what's going to sustain us throughout all the circumstances that we ever find ourselves in. Well, today is a very special day for me. It is my Freedom Day. Cue Braveheart, right? Freedom! Uh, finally, today is my uh, 10... Okay, according to the health department from Becky, my phone call, if you guys remember my podcast last week talking about my, uh, my turn with the vid. <laughs> okay. Uh, Becky, according to our local health department, says that day 10 of experiencing symptoms is my Freedom Day. I can now go out to the public. I can can be you know, obviously, still wear my mask, still stay social distance. You know, I'll follow all the rules. I have zero problem with that. I'm very cool with that. Uh, definitely, you know, I, I just because I had it doesn't mean that, um, you know, I don't still want to be safe and keep others safe and more give people peace of mind. Okay, that's perfectly okay with me. And so, you know, but today I get to get to go out in the public and get gas, or go to the store, or get takeout or whatever i'm no longer locked behind walls and seeing people through windows <laughs> or face chat or you know facetime on the computer or tablet or whatever i can actually be around my family so anyway so so all is good so it's it, i'm a very happy person today um guys i gotta tell you just to, just just now looking back in the reflection uh, you know in the, in the past week and a half um it was an experience. Uh, I'm very fortunate, very blessed. I do not take it for granted that my experience was special. You know, this is a pandemic, right? This is, a, this is something that everybody is at risk for. And some people in, in our society, in our lives, in our in, in existence, some people have a much, much, much harder time with it than I did. And... Um, I was not sure at the beginning of this especially because I am overweight and I have a, a couple minor health issues as any other 41 year old guy probably would um, nothing major you know I've always been pretty healthy all things considered but I definitely you know have a few risk factors like I said about overweight I have a slight high blood pressure issue that I take care of medicine but nothing real major but I was definitely concerned I was concerned that um, you know this could be something that could causes me to have a bad reaction to, and I may find myself in a hospital, or on a ventilator, or whatever. Your mind kind of goes crazy. But the Lord just gave me a piece at the very beginning that, regardless what happens, that all things, He nothing can separate me from His love. I am fully convinced of that, and as I hope you are, and that regardless of what happens in this life, rain or sun, uh, doesn't matter. He is still God. He is still sovereign, and we are just filling out the invisible ink that He. He's already written out for us and his blessings and his guidance and his security are in his peace and that's regardless of what happens physically spiritually emotionally on this earth his peace is where we're able to find the most serenity and the most uh, ability just to kind of get through you know whatever cards we are dealt and uh, that's how I've always lived my life I've I've always seen other people who have gone through way harder struggles in their lives than I have and that's how I've seen them get through it. And so I figure, hey, if I gotta deal with this COVID, let's let's roll. I you know I'm ready to just. To, to take my turn and just pray God's best and blessings and but I'm not going to be afraid and uh, he does not give me a, a spirit of fear but a power, love and a sound mind and it's okay to be aware of your fear but it's not okay for your fear to take care of, to, to take over you and so you know that's kind of where I was at and now 10 days later uh, my experience has been wow that was an interesting ride it was a weird virus and that's what I everybody I've ever had talked to who's had it, that's generally the consensus is that's just weird, uh, which is true. Like, you have a cold, but you don't have a cold. You, you, know, you lose your t- taste and smell. Some people do. but Thankfully, I never did. Uh, probably it would have been better for my poundage. <laughs> now, I didn't eat bad or whatever. I try to get, but still eat good food, but maybe it would have been better for me to lose my taste or smell for a few days so I can just eat healthy food instead of wanting to eat junk food, which, again, I try to eat better, eat good food when I was on this anyway, because I wanted to keep my body as my immune system up as possible, you know, so I wasn't trying to eat junk food or whatever and drinking lots of water, which is not usually a problem for anyway. I like to drink a lot of water uh, anyway, so uh, but at the end of the day. Uh, now that I'm on the uh, the downhill side of it, uh, I'm grateful and uh, let's roll. Uh, now, my wife just recently, even though we were separated for about a week, uh, we just got test results from her that she is now positive. So she's feeling okay. Uh, Rachel, my wife, she's doing good. She has she's probably in some ways a lot healthier than me, and and she is doing really well. Uh, maybe has a sniffles, uh, but that's about it. And so we're just kind of just basically just doing the cool quarantine thing again for her, and uh, you know we'll just again get through it, have a story, and just again just be thankful for God to God for uh, just being there with us throughout the entire circumstance and situation. All right, so today is going to be an interesting topic. Um, I hope and believe um, one of the things that's really always bothered me is when Christians use our Christian or Christianity or our beliefs or our prayers even as weapons against things or beliefs or systems or even people that we disagree with. And that's really always bothered me. You know, when we think about spiritual warfare, you have it most people don't have an understanding that the Bible is very clear that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual things and high di- high places, you know, the darkness, right? You think good versus evil. But what happens Is a lot of people they get confused because they get offended here in the natural, and their immediate response or reaction is to react spiritually. Especially pastors even really get into this this mindset of of people are always trying to attack me, and because they disagree with me, you know. And I I get it. When when I was a pastor, um, full time, it was one of the hardest jobs absolutely in my entire life. One of the most difficult experiences in my life was pastoring a church full of people. And because everybody has their own ideas uh, and their own minds as far as how the church should be run. You know, uh, they have their own relationships with people, good, bad, or ugly. There's disagreements that pop up from time to time. There's strife that happens from time to time. There's gossip that happens from time to time. Definitely disagreements among the leadership, um, between the leadership and congregation members. I mean, just take your pick. It is most churches have to deal with some sort of conflict on a regular basis because we are all still in, you know, we're all still humans. We all still have personalities that conflict with other people and ideas. And especially when you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, church things, you know, spiritual things that our whole people hold very tight to themselves, you know, and they have their own opinions on how things should be uh, theologies even. Okay. My, my point is, is that there's going to be conflicts. And as a pastor, your responsibility is to keep the harmony in the church, right? To keep the ship moving, right? If we're all going to be working together to go either into all the world and preach the gospel, you know, the whole, one of the primary focuses of a church is to be there, to be a, a, a place of, Opportunity to get the word of Jesus out to as many people as possible, and to spread the love of God, and to do the fulfill the Great Commission to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The only way to do that is to try and keep some sort of harmony and, you know, some some sort of, uh, you know, companionship between the congregation members. So that being said, herein lies the problem a lot of times we're tempted to mix our emotions with our Christianity our, our you know, um, how can I say? Like, if we feel like we're attacked in the physical, that we have to react in the spiritual, and that's just not how it's supposed to be, especially in regards to other people. Let me give you a huge example, kind of one of the things that they're the reason why I'm even talking about this today. Um, I believe that that a lot of pastors out here right now in this climate in America are doing something very, very risky. And that is, I believe that they are, I guess I'll just say it. I believe that they are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And I believe that they are casting a really bad name on Jesus because they didn't get their way with this last election. Uh, uh, It's no secret that Donald Trump is a, is a huge forerunner, and he, the, he, the most evangelical churches, especially white evangelical churches, love Donald Trump. I don't personally understand it. I don't get it. I didn't vote for him either time he was on the ballot. Uh, which is probably strange because most people my demographic, you know, Christian, white, male, they did, but I, that's just not me. I had my own personal reasons, Um, that I guess if you ever want to have a talk, maybe I get mad in here, we can talk politics sometime about it, but as far as the church is concerned, though. It really seems like there was just this love affair with, with Donald Trump. And I'm not so much here to talk about why that is or whatever, because, I mean, there's there's countless articles out there and countless pastors and countless, you know, ways to count all the different reasons and why's as far as why is the American church had a love affair with Donald Trump and his policies. policies, regardless of his own personal inadequacies, it seems as if this guy just couldn't do no wrong. Well, now that we know that we're going to be getting a new president and that there was no evidence of fraud of the election being stolen. I mean, it was countless court cases and nothing was ever, even his own Department of Justice and, and his own attorney general said that there was no steal. We still have a lot of people, even people in my own family, I'll say it, that have this just uh, just they're convinced for whatever reason they're absolutely convinced that this election is was stolen that it was a fraud that it was you know uh, well you, know, you, you hear the news you don't you don't need to hear from this podcast you know what I'm saying and I mean even so much that people were willing to storm the Capitol building and, you know, one, I think up to five people have died now at this event. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it was awful. It was it was just mind boggling. And you, I mean, I was even seeing, you know, pictures of people, you know, holding Jesus signs next to a, a, a manufactured gallows with a noose. So I'm just like, what is going on here? Is this is this even the country that I love and I've spent 41 years of my life in? You know, it's just absolutely mind boggling. And, and a lot of these people, I bet you if you were to ask them, you know, Know, what do you, are you a Christian or do you believe in Jesus? I guarantee you most of them would be like yes absolutely when does that reflect Christ in any way shape or form? I literally cannot find any any any, any in my mind and even my scriptures and even in my just in any way shape or form can see how God could be pleased with that. I mean, just especially with just the calling for hanging the vice president and, you know, stealing, you know, and causing havoc and looting and rioting and all these different things. I mean, it's just, you know, it it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So now, that following weekend, you have churches meeting all across the nation, and there's one particular pastor that's been making headlines recently. His name is Bob Rogers. Okay, He's a pastor out of the Louisville, Kentucky area. And I want to play with you about a minute clip here of— things that he was saying during his sermon I think it was think like maybe they were having some sort of praying or healing meeting or fasting and prophetic meeting I don't know exactly I just know that these were words that were he uttered while he was at this prayer meeting and I want you just to listen very closely to what he had to say and then we'll have some commentary about it
1: now lift your right hand high to the lord father we come into agreement today. As I begin to pray, I want you to say amen. That means an agreement. Father, those that have lied, those that have stolen this election, those that have cheated, I place the curse of God upon them. I curse you with weakness in your body. I curse you with poverty. I curse you with the worst year you've ever had in the name of the Lord. I speak to government officials that are trying to lie, trying to control, trying to hold us back. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. You'll never be elected to office again. The people rise up and throw you out of office. Now lift your right hand high to the Lord.
0: Okay, we don't need to hear it again. Unbelievable, right? At least it is for me maybe you're sitting there amen in the pastor I to me I I have I don't see any I do not see any uh, scriptural basis for it. Number one, uh, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But number two, just moral basis. I mean, just from a one human being to another human being to cause and to curse and to ask God to for cursing for to that be the the, the, more, the worst year they've ever had, cause sickness upon them, cause to them to be poor. I mean, are, is that does that really? Amplify and reflect the two greatest commandments. Which let me remind you are thou shalt love thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit, everything in you, and then love your neighbor as yourself. I I cannot think of a time when I've ever been like Sean, curse you! I'm gonna I, I pray curses upon my own life to be poor. I pray so, curses upon my own life to be sick. I pray curses of my own life to to have the worst year possible. I've never said those things to myself. You've most likely ever never said those things to yourself, and I guarantee you this pastor's probably never said those things to himself. But yet, very easily. And Almost like it just was so simple, and it was not the first time he's even said it. I guarantee it. He may be saying in public, but I promise you, in his own prayer closet, he's probably been cursing the those who he says have stolen the election. And and, and he was just not only that, but he was encouraging his audience. I think that's what makes me the most sick about that clip. Is not necessarily what the pastor's saying, but his congregation, amen, and and just and just and, and hollering, and 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 he even says at the beginning of the clip, "What I'm about to say." I want you to agree with me and I want you to say amen in other words he's asking not just for his own words and his own faith but he's asking for his entire congregation to cast curses upon people whom he disagrees with and friends that is not christ-like that is not who we are called to be. That is not a representative of, of, of the body of Christ. And this, this guy just says he, he is doing so much harm that he doesn't even understand it. And what's the problem with that is that if, if it was just between us Christians, you know, and, and somehow this was only— Heard about in the church, you know, other pastors would have the responsibility to go to him and be like, listen, pal, well, right, let's, let's take a little let's take a few steps back here. You know what you just said and what you just did was completely out of order and does not reflect well upon the church. But the problem is we live in a day and age of live streaming. And guess what? This went across not only all across YouTube. Now it's across every social media, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Take your pick. It's all over now. And this pastor's words who is representing Christ whether we like it or not in the Christian church people are now hearing these things and it's as if that this that the, that the election became the focal point, it's like we now believe because we, are, we didn't get our way when we, with the way we voted in this election, we now have the right to just curse people and cast them down. Uh, when into the end of the day, what happened to believing and understanding that God is the one who ordains all of our leadership, right? You know, I bet you they had no problem playing for Donald, Donald Trump when he was the president. I hope that they give that same amount of energy when it becomes a Democrat or somebody they disagree with or, or a um, a libertarian. Or an independent, whoever it is, I pray that they have that same amount of of uh, in, you know encouragement to for them to pray blessings upon them like they do somebody they agree with, but bad chance of that happening, unfortunately. So I would now. what here's what happened. So not only was this pastor, that was about a minute clip. There's more to it. Uh, I'm not going to play that right now, but what I am going to play with you is now a a clip from the local news in his area, who they. they They basically were, uh, you know, wanting to get to the bottom of this, right? Trying to figure out how and why this pastor was saying the things he's doing, especially in such a a a climate of – uh, just angst and rage. I mean, I mean, we saw just people just irate at the Capitol building, right? And and just very volatile. I mean, this is a time of our country where it's very shameful. There's just so much division that, is, in my opinion, is division based on a lie of all things. I mean, it's like, it, it, it'd be one thing if we were based all this division on truth, but there's not been any realm of truth to this whole stop the steal thing. And, and I know you can disagree with me but you can disagree with me but you still don't have any evidence of it being uh, uh, you know the truth uh, there's not been any released any evidence whatsoever and that's why countless court cases have been thrown out and hopefully you're still listening to me if you disagree because it's just I, there's just not there now Here's what the news had to say. Now this is this is the local news in the area, secular news, and th- I want you to listen now how we as Christians are reflected. Now that this pastor has said said and made these comments, here we go. All new on The Night Team, a Louisville pastor is facing backlash tonight after calling a curse upon those people he says stole the election from Donald Trump. It comes just days after the chaotic mob stormed the Capitol, trying to stop a peaceful presidential transfer of power. The Night Team's Jesse Cohen talked to that pastor tonight, along with those who say this is dangerous.
1: Father, those that have lied, those that have stolen this election, those that have cheated, I place the curse of God upon them.
2: This message now all over social media. These are some of Pastor Bob Rogers' words from a church service this past Sunday at Evangel World Prayer Center on Billtown Road in Louisville.
1: I curse you with weakness in your body. I curse you with poverty. I curse you with the worst year you've ever had.
2: Now other Louisville pastors are speaking out, calling the language unsettling and disturbing. You know, to spew this
1: type of hate and evil... Uh, In the name of God, that's a whole different level of disrespect. We're saying that this behavior is not okay. It's dangerous.
2: Tonight, we spoke to Rogers after this video was taken down off his social media pages, asking if he still stands by his words or if he wants to take back what he said.
1: This is a, a, a prayer not to curse people, but to curse the demonic forces that people have allowed to rule them.
0: Right, real quick I gotta pause no dude, you just lied like you said very plainly in your congregation to your congregation that the people who are in charge d- d- don't try and now come up with the whole I didn't I wasn't talking about the people I was talking about the demonic forces I'm sorry but demonic forces don't have jobs demonic forces don't have bodies that get sick you were specifically is gearing d- d- your convert your, your conversation you were specifically drawing a line in the sand saying, those who you disagreed with now ought to have the worst year, had to, be, they had to be sick, had to be poor. You're causing God's curse upon them because you feel that they stole this election from you. Anyway, Carrie, give me a break. You didn't, uh, I'm going to rewind it a little bit.
2: He wants to take back what he
1: said. This is uh, a, a prayer not to curse people, but to curse the demonic forces that people have allowed to rule them that would harm a nation. I do pray that trouble will come to them if they don't repent.
2: Reverend Anetra Jones says his statements don't align with their self-proclaimed identity. You know, you've prided yourself on being a healing sinner and then you would curse sickness and weakness and poverty on people. It's deplorable. Rogers claims his prayers are to heal the nation. If they are corrupt if they are doing evil, that
1: it would be exposed and they would, would uh, get out of of office. That's what you do when you vote against them. You vote against them, I pray against them. It's the same thing.
2: While these pastors say they are dangerous. It's contradictory, it's hypocritical,
1: and it's um it's it's downright shameful. It's time we take a stand and, and call
2: this kind of foolishness out. Just days after these words were said, these religious leaders and others across Louisville plan to come together and speak out against it. For the night team, I'm Jesse Cohen.
0: So one of the things also he said that kind of drove me crazy was like, "You vote for him, I pray for him." You know, I, I that's how you vote him out, I pray him out. And I'm just like, guy number one. very Bible's very clear that the render of Caesar what is Caesar's. That Christianity not that our faith in politics. Are separate, and I mean, even our founding fathers knew that. And that's a whole other con- context and topic. You know, we could. I definitely actually would think that'd be a really fantastic podcast to talk about the understanding of the de- separation between church and state. Um, but what I do know that our primary focus is not to pray in and out politicians, or or to even curse them, or bless them rather, even. Our primary focus is to love God with all of our heart and everything in us and to love our neighbor as ourself. And that neither one of those commandments leave any room for cursing. They just don't. Like that's the simple, honest truth. And so right now, for those of you who may disagree with me, uh, let's go, or, if, or if you agree with me, but you want some ammo, some, some understanding, then I think the best place and the only place we should go is obviously to the Scriptures. And so let's start with some of my most favorite scriptures, Romans 12, starting with verse 10, okay? Romans 12, starting with verse 10, says, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. On, in honor, preferring one another. Now, we're, we're going to look through these scriptures, and I want you to have, like, two pieces of paper in front of you, okay? And on one side, imagine two pieces of paper in front of you. On one side, you have the words that I'm reading to you from the scriptures, and on the other side, you have the words that were said by this pastor in, as he was cursing, you know, those whom he disagreed with. Okay, just put this, I want you to kind of, as you're doing, as I'm reading here in your mind, compare the words that you heard from the pastor and see if any of them match whatsoever. Romans 12, I'll give you a hint that they don't, but I'll let you be the one to decide. I'll let you be the judge. Romans 12:10. be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Okay. In other words, don't be lazy about going about doing the Father's business. You know, serve the Lord with all of your heart. Give it and give it every single day. It's a new day for His love and His goodness to be shared. Verse twelve: Rejoicing in hope. Okay, be patient in tribulation. We're all going to have tribulation. We're all going to have times and struggles, but we remain patient because we know that God is the sustainer and He's the one who's taking care of us. Okay, we don't fret. We aren't anxious. We are patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. In other words, we maintain a, just a, 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 a level head, and we just let God be the one who leads us and directs us when we are challenged by anything, by whether it be another person, whether it be the politics that we disagree with, whether it be you know, just the struggles of daily life. Okay? distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. In other words, hospitality ought to be a given. Okay. You know what it means to be me half something is just a given. That means it's just automatic hospitality to a believer in Christ is automatic. Just a, just a, an openness of, of your heart, of your home, of your spirit, of your faith. Everything is just a given, Bless them, verse 14, important, here we go. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Yeah, that that was there. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Why was it this pastor... Up there, he can disagree. He can disagree with the election. He can disagree. He can believe all he wants that the election was a fraud, that it was stolen. That's fine. But the moment that he crossed the line into starting to curse others, specifically people who he deemed were the perpetrators of this egregious act of stealing the election, once he started cursing them, he completely violated Romans twelve fourteen. Cause he obviously felt persecuted. He felt that his vote was persecuted. So therefore I'm going to curse those who persecute me, persecute my way of thinking, persecute the church. And I get him, he has a good heart, but honestly, friends, there's just no room for it. Verse 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice. Okay. There's a lot of people rejoicing right now that Biden is president. They were dancing in the streets. Okay. I believe that God is still sovereign no matter who sits in the White House. So I'm going to rejoice with them. I I wasn't, you know, I get the challenge of that. Believe me, when Donald Trump got elected, there were a lot of people who were rejoicing. I had a hard time. Okay. I get it. It's difficult. But God is still God. And he is still sovereign. And regardless of what happens to the, um, to the United States of America, whether it lasts for another thousand years or it's gone tomorrow, he's still God. And that is where our primary focus ought to be, not allegiance to some party or to some belief system that is outside of what we hear and understand and know in scriptures. Rejoice with them that rejoice, weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Okay. in other words, always keep your head, you know, focused on how you can, um, you know, keep a relationship on a level plane with other people. You know, don't be always trying to fight argue, you know, give other people the benefit of the doubt. I mean, for, for crying out loud, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits recompense to no man evil for either don't repay evil for evil provide things honest in the sight of all men verse 18 if it be possible as much as it lieth in you live peaceably with all men Man, can you imagine if that was being preached on a regular basis right now? Especially coming from churches who have such an influence in the evangelical community and people who are hurting. I get that they're hurting because they didn't get the election one in their favor in a lot of people's minds, but think about it. If it be possible, as much as it lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. That should be the number one objective, not coming against them because they disagree with you, because you felt persecuted against, because you're, you know, feel like your rights are being taken away. Doesn't matter. Nobody can take, I am fully persuaded, and you should be too, that nothing can separate us from God and His love. That, my friends, is way more important than our quote unquote rights. Dearly beloved, verse 19, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Guys, God is completely capable of judgment and cursing and putting others down uh, and and in their place, rather, when he needs to. In fact, Nahum 1, 2, and 3, I'll read it to you, says, Nahum 1, verse 2, and 3 says, The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and maintains his wrath against his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. The Lord will not leave. Leave the guilty unpunished his way is in the whirlwind and the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet it is any kind of judgment any kind of cursing any kind of 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 vengeance in any kind of wrath that is god's to have and his alone why because he is perfect and he is complete and his will always wins it is not a God's wrath and his jealousy and his vengeance is not at our beck and call. We can't just sit around and think that we can just go around and, you know, curse people, point at them. God, God's curse upon you, point at the person, God's curse upon you. God's vengeance is not for our, in our arsenal. We do not have any say whatsoever over God's vengeance. It is his and his alone. I'll read that again. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. This is our responsibility, not to cause vengeance, but look at number 20 of Romans 12. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If your enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. You'll get his attention. Okay? You will do the c- complete opposite of what the flesh wants to do. And that, my friends, will cause a reaction. And in most cases, the reaction will be that which is, which is godly. Because you're therefore utilizing the gift of God's love for its intended purpose, and that's to bring peace and love and goodness and restoration, not division, not hatred, not anger. 21, verse of Romans 12, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Why is this not being preached more? Because it is not satisfying to the flesh. The flesh wants vengeance. The flesh wants to feel like you are having a, a, a say against somebody who hurt you or did wrong to you or you know, where where we are able to, you know, rise up and, and, and this and, and I get that, I understand that there's a a feeling of want to hurt those who hurt you, but we don't have that luxury as Christians. We don't. God is very sovereignty. Doesn't have to give us his grace and his love because we, my friends, I got news for you, have hurt God way more than anybody who's ever hurt us. Our sin, our, because when we hurt others, that's what sin is, right? We're disobedient to God and we hurt others. When we hurt others, we hurt God. How many times have we, as an individual, think about it? How many times have you hurt somebody? How many times have I hurt somebody? And that hurts God and I don't deserve his forgiveness but yet he's grateful but it, but he's gracious enough to give me it back not because I deserve it because it's a gift and so what I do with that gift It is my responsibility, and it is my duty, rather, even, to give that gift, which is so precious, to as many people as possible. And the only way I can do that is to overcome evil with good. That has to be my first first reaction all time, every time. Whenever I'm pressed up against or I feel attacked, whether it be spiritual, whether it be mental, whether it be physically, it doesn't matter because we are no longer ourselves. We're no longer supposed to avenge ourselves because God is now living in us, not ourselves. Our, the old man's put away. We are now creatures of Jesus, and he is the one who's supposed to be leading our faith and leading our steps and leading our relationships with people. And we're not supposed to be sitting up there cursing people who disagree with us, and especially in regards to politics. I mean, how, how futile is that? How, it doesn't make any sense at all. It, it it's just like, he, he, do we really think that God is up there and have you know is worried about American politics? I mean, I'm not I'm not saying He doesn't put those people in position, but I'm also thinking that there's seven billion people on this world, and that you know He's much more concerned about those who are hurting and starving and who are you know thirsty and who have no clothes. He's worried more about way up all those things that you. Know, Know, are way bigger than American politics. Matthew 5, 44, we're going to, we're going to end with this, this a couple of verses from the Sermon on the Mount, just to kind of just put that nail in even more that we have a responsibility to love others and not curse them. Matthew 5, 44 says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Okay, sun, rain, doesn't matter. Good, bad, ugly, everything is happening to all of us, whether or not we are righteous or unrighteous. We are the ones who are the salt of the earth, the preservative, the light, the, you know, we are the ones who are supposed to be the steadfast truth of the world. We're the ones who are supposed to be the defenders of, 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 of everything that is good in this world. And we're not to be the ones who are to be causing division. We're just not. We're supposed to be the ones who are supposed to be finding ways for us to get along together rather than to be separate and, and be apart. And I'm just sick and tired of the American church being a part of the problem. If you had these type of feelings and emotions because of this last election, you know, where you were cursing those who are and disagree with you, you need to repent. You, you, you need to repent. You need to ask the Lord to replace that anger that is in your heart with love and ask the Lord to give you a clear understanding of how to pray for your enemies rather than cursing them. Verse 46 says, if you love those who love you, what reward do you get? Do not even the tax collectors do that, right? At the time, the tax collectors were not good people. And I guess even today, we don't consider the tax collectors good people. They even love those who love them, okay? It's okay. It's, it's easy and natural almost to love those whom love you or say good things about you. Absolutely, I'm going to give you love and, and praise and adoration if you love me. And what if you greet only your brothers? Verse 47 of Matthew 5. What are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That perfect means the word honestly. If you look at the scriptures, look in the Greek, it means complete. The only way that we're going to be complete is if we are following in Christ's footsteps and His example of how to treat and believe and 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 relate with others whom in this world, especially those who persecute us. and person put us down. You didn't see Jesus up there on the cross cursing those who put him on the cross. And he had every reason to. He could have been, you know, you get a curse, you get a curse, right? But no, he wasn't. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And let me tell you something. Putting him, putting Jesus on the cross was a lot harder to deal with than losing an election. And Jesus did not curse him. In fact, he did the opposite. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do. He was praying blessings. He was giving love and adoration to even those who were putting him on the cross. How much more, you know, I mean, how much more of an example do we need? So, friends, let's just take a moment and take a big, deep breath. I understand a lot is going on in the world right now. I understand that there's a lot of room for. Have for 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 angry heads to prevail, but believers, we can't be a part of that. We don't have that luxury. We're supposed to be the ones bringing people together, and the only way that they're going to do that is to not recompense or repay evil for evil, but to give love and to to to, to let love and and goodness overcome evil. That's my friends. That's the only way it's going to happen. So just just, just just, take a step back. Let's take some breaths. Let's be patient. Okay? You know, looking forward, you know, we, we may be the in, in, in the end days. We may not be, okay? I, I, I've been in a prophetic ministry for 25 plus years. I've heard it all. Okay, I, I've heard every conspiracy theory out there. I've heard every, you know, B- Bible prophecy, you know, interpretation that you can think of. Uh, I mean, I know all about, you know, all the, the conspiracies of FEMA concentration camps or the Bilderbergers, the Illuminati, I mean, Demark of the Beast. I know I, have heard about all of these things all of my life, but none of those things matter when God's love is not forefront and first in our lives. Because even if the absolute worst things happen in the apocalypse, if God's love is not prevalent, then none of us have a chance. None of us. We have to make sure that regardless of what's going on in the world, his love remains steadfast and first and foremost in our life and that we understand that God is for us who can be against us and we take him with us everywhere we go and we try our very 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 best in every encounter with every human being to make sure that his love shines the brightest that His graciousness shines the brightest. That we're not so busy, caught up in our feelings and our emotions and our anger and our and wanting to curse others because they did, they wronged us, or we have a a, 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 you know, a thinking that they wronged us. You know, no, we don't, we, we don't. Have, this life is but a vapor. Stop wasting your time on thinking ill of others and start finding ways to let God's light shine to all men. And He can do that through you. I promise you. All right, guys. I love you. It's good to be back in the you know on the in the swing of things. Let's just take a take a deep breath. Okay. Don't be consumed with all the things going on in the world and on the news. Maybe turn it off for a while. Go for a walk. Have a nice dinner with your family. Just do something. You know. Go to the church. Be follow. You know. Meet somebody new. I mean, just let's just try and find positive things that we can do that amplify the opportunity to show God's love. And at that point, the more that we practice it, the more we do it, the more likely it is we can truly change this world for his benefit and for his glory, which is what all of us want in the end of the day anyway. Have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless you guys. Until next time, aloha and mahalo.